Dear students, wherever you go, whatever you do, knowledge is right here for you. AP State Council of Higher Education created podcasts for easy and quick access to innovative learning. They aim to reinforce fundamental concepts. These engrossing podcasts will enable independent learning and enrich your knowledge and skills. Come, listen, learn and lead the world. Hi there. Welcome to Apshe LMS. That's Andhra Pradesh State Council of Higher Education Learning Management System. And I am your Dr. R. Harita, lecturer in biotechnology. In today's podcast, we will discuss about the mechanism of DNA replication. Today's learning objective is to explain the various steps involved in prokaryotic DNA replication. DNA replication is the process by which an organism duplicates its DNA into another copy that is passed on to daughter cells. Replication occurs before a cell divides to ensure that both cells receive an exact copy of the parent's genetic material. DNA replication uses a semi-conservative method that results in a double-stranded DNA with one parental strand and a new daughter strand. DNA replication has been extremely well studied in prokaryotes, primarily because of the small size of the genome and large number of variants available. Escherichia coli has 4.6 million base pairs in a single circular chromosome and all of it gets replicated in about approximately 42 minutes, starting from a single origin of replication and proceeding around the chromosome in both directions. This means that approximately 1000 nucleotides are added per second. Just imagine, in the time that we take to blink our eyes, around 1000 nucleotides are added. Two, with a very low error rate of around 10 to the power of minus 9 to 10 to the power of minus 11 errors per base pair. Come to think of it, astonishing, isn't it? Let's take a quick look at the proteins and enzymes that carry out the replication with such accuracy and then we'll move on to the actual steps or the mechanism of DNA replication. At first, we have our DNA helicases These proteins bind to the double-stranded DNA and stimulate the separation of the two strands. And then comes in your single-stranded binding proteins. These bind to DNA as a tetramer and stabilize the single-stranded DNA that is generated by the action of the helicases. Replication is 100 times faster when these proteins are attached to the single-stranded DNA. And then... Next, we have our DNA gyrase. This enzyme stabilizes the formation of negative supercoils that is thought to aid with the unwinding process. In addition to these proteins, 
several other enzymes are also involved in bacterial DNA replication. We have our DNA polymerase. POL1 was the first enzyme discovered with polymerase activity and it is the best characterized enzyme. Although this was the first enzyme to be discovered that had the required polymerase activities, it is not the primary enzyme involved with bacterial DNA replication. That enzyme is DNA polymerase 3 coded by POL3 gene. The three activities associated with the DNA polymerase are the 5' to 3' elongation also known as the polymerase activity, the 3' to 5' exonuclease activity also known as the proofreading activity and the 5' to 3' exonuclease activity that is the primer excision activity. The second two activities of DNA polymerase are important for replication but polymerase 3 enzyme that performs the 5' to 3' polymerase function primarily. And then we have our primase enzyme. The requirement for a free 3' hydroxyl group by the DNA polymerase enzyme is fulfilled by the RNA primers that are synthesized at the initiation sites by these primase enzymes. And finally, we have our DNA ligase. NICs occur in the developing molecule because the RNA primer is removed and synthesis proceeds in a discontinuous manner on the lagging strand. The final replication product does not have any NICs because DNA ligase forms a covalent phosphodiester linkage between the 3' hydroxyl group and the 5' phosphate group. Let us now see the general features of DNA replication. DNA replication is semi-conservative in nature. It is bidirectional process. It proceeds from a specific point called origin. It proceeds in the 5' to 3' direction only. It occurs with a high degree of fidelity, that's accuracy for you. And it is a multi-enzymatic process. We'll now see what the basic steps are during DNA replication. The first step is the initiation, the second one elongation and finally we have the termination step. Coming to the initiation step. The DNA replication begins from the origin. How does the replication machinery know where to start? It turns out that there are specific nucleotide sequences called origin of replication where the replication begins. Coli has a single origin of replication on its one chromosome as do most prokaryotes. The origin of replication is approximately 245 base pairs long and is rich in 80 sequences. Reason why uh, the regions of DNA which have to be unwound or opened are generally rich in adenine and thymine base pairs 
is because there are two hydrogen bonds between A and T whereas between your guanine and cytosine there are three hydrogen bonds so it requires less amount of energy to break two hydrogen bonds when compared to three that is the reason wherever the dna has to be opened or unwinded we generally have at rich regions same as in our origin of replication in e coli the replication origin is called as oric which consists of 245 base pairs and contains dna sequences that are highly conserved among the bacterial replication origin two types of conserved sequences are found at oric we have three repeats of 13 base pairs and four to five repeats of nine base pairs these are known as 13 mer and 9 mer respectively see what actually happens during the initiation of dna replication so first in the picture comes your dna a protein if you remember in my earlier podcast uh, we have discussed about the machinery of dna replication wherein we have detailedly talked about the different proteins and enzymes and there we had stated that the helicase proteins are basically of three subunits you have your dna a dna b and dna c protein so now in the picture we are talking about the dna a protein which first comes and binds to the nine mer repeats along with atp this causes dna to wrap around the dna a protein forming the initial complex the dna a protein and atp trigger the opening of 13 mer repeats forming open complex so here you have to remember that the nine mers are for the initial attachment of the dna a protein and the actual unwinding or opening of our dna occurs at the 13 mer repeats now the dna b protein two copies of the dna b protein will come and bind to this 13 mer repeats this binding is facilitated by another protein which is dna c so the dna b and dna c interaction causes this dna b protein which is in a form of a ring to open which binds with each of the dna strands the hydrolysis of the bound atp releases the dna c leaving the dna b protein bound to the dna strand so the dna c is actually helpful in loading off the dna b which is the primary helicase protein onto the dna strands the binding of the helicase protein is a key step in replication initiation the dna b migrates along the single stranded dna in the 5 prime to 3 prime direction causing the unwinding of the dna as the dna opens up a y shaped structure called replication forks are formed two replication forks are formed at the origin of replication and these get extended bidirectionally as the replication proceeds then the single stranded binding proteins coat the single strands of dna near the replication fork to prevent 
this single stranded dna from winding back into a double helix the activity of helicase causes the topological stress to the unwinded strand forming supercoiled dna this stress is relieved by the dna topoisomerase or dna gyrase by negative supercoiling the dna polymerase has to add nucleotides only in the 5 prime to 3 prime direction but it requires a free 3 prime hydroxyl group to which it can add the next nucleotide by forming a phosphodiester bond between the 3 prime hydroxyl group and the 5 prime phosphate of the next nucleotide this essentially means that it cannot add nucleotides if a free 3 prime hydroxyl group is not available then how does it add the first nucleotide the problem is solved with the help of a primer that provides the required free 3 prime hydroxyl group end so another enzyme rna primase synthesizes an rna primer that is around about 5 to 10 nucleotides long and complementary to the parental dna the rna primase does not require a free 3 prime hydroxyl group because this sequence primes the dna synthesis it is appropriately called the primer now the dna polymerase can extend this rna primer by adding nucleotides one after the other that are complementary to the template strand or the parental dna now move on to the elongation step of dna replication replication fork moves at the rate of around 1000 nucleotides per second and dna polymerase can only extend in the 5 prime to 3 prime direction this poses a problem at the replication fork as we know the dna double helix is anti parallel that is one strand is in the 5 prime to 3 prime direction and the other is oriented in the 3 prime to 5 prime direction so in the strand which is complementary to the 3 prime to 5 prime parental dna strand the synthesis occurs continuously why because the synthesis occurs in the 5 prime to 3 prime direction itself and also it occurs towards the direction of the replication fork what happens this daughter strand is continuously synthesized as the dna polymerase can add nucleotides in the 5 prime to 3 prime direction and this is known as the leading strand now when we are talking about the other strand that is complementary to the 5 prime to 3 prime parental dna this has to extend away from the replication fork so the extension occurs in small fragments these fragments are known as okazaki fragments because they were discovered by the scientist okazaki each of this okazaki fragment requires a primer to start its synthesis so and with the okazaki fragments is known as the lagging strand lead 
is to go forward and lagging is to move slower see imagine when you are asked to walk forward you go directly without stopping and you walk ahead fast but when you are asked to walk backwards what we do is we go back a few steps stop take a look and then again go back so that is what is happening in these two strands also in the daughter strand that is being synthesized from the 5 prime to 3 prime direction it is moving ahead in the direction of the replication fork so it moves ahead continuously and faster whereas when we talk about the other daughter strand that is being synthesized again in the 5 prime to 3 prime direction but has to move in the direction that is opposite to the replication fork it goes in steps or fragments the lagging strand synthesis is not complete until all the rna primers have been removed and the gaps between the adjacent okazaki fragments are sealed the rna primers are removed by the primase activity that is the 5 prime to 3 prime exonuclease activity of dna pol 1 and replaced by dna the gap is then sealed by dna ligase using nad as a cofactor during this entire process a protein called as the sliding clamp holds the dna polymerase enzyme in place as it continuously adds nucleotides this sliding clamp is a ring shaped protein that binds to the dna and holds the enzyme in place we now are at the termination step of dna replication eventually the two replication forks of a circular e coli chromosome meet at the termination recognizing sequences shortly known as ter the ter sequence is of 23 base pairs and are arranged on the chromosome to create a trap that the replication fork can enter but cannot leave the ter sequences function as binding sites for the tus protein the ter tus complex can arrest the replication fork from only one direction ter tus complex encounter first with either of the replication fork and halt it the other opposing replication fork halts when it collides with the first one this seems the tertus sequence is not essential for termination but it may prevent over replication by one fork if the other is delayed or halted by a damage or some other obstacle in either of the fork encounters the tertus complex replication is halted resulting in the formation of two interlinked chromosomes known as catenated dnas in e coli the dna topoisomerase 4 that is of type 2 cuts the two strands of one circular dna and separates the one circular dna and through this separation the other circle comes out and finally we have two separate dna chromosomes each of which are transferred to two daughter cells 
the dna replication process for you and the entire process can be summarized as the dna first unwinds at the origin of replication helicase proteins open up the dna forming your replication forks and these forks extend in both directions single stranded binding proteins then coat the dna around the replication fork to prevent the rewinding of the dna topoisomerases bind at the region ahead of the replication fork to prevent supercoiling nothing but overwinding the primase enzyme then synthesizes rna primers that are complementary to the dna strand the dna polymerase 3 enzyme then starts adding nucleotide to the 3 prime hydroxyl end of the primer elongation of both the lagging and the leading strand continues the rna primers are removed and the gaps are filled with dna by dna polymerase enzyme and finally the single stranded breaks in the dna known as nicks are sealed by our dna ligase conclude with discussing the significance of dna replication so dna replication is a fundamental genetic process that is essential for cell growth and division dna replication involves the generation of a new molecule of nucleic acid dna crucial for life dna replication is important for properly regulating the growth and division of cells it conserves the entire genome for the next generation let me end this podcast with an interesting fact for you do you know the reason why there are major grooves and minor grooves on a dna why can't the dna be a smooth structure well the theory behind is that the grooves are there to enable the binding of the proteins like for example we have dna binding proteins the one we know is dna polymerase dna helicase all the proteins that we have discussed have to latch on to dna and remain binded until the entire process is completed and these grooves help in better binding of these enzymes to dna interesting isn't it yeah so that was all for today thank you for listening and coming up next time on my apshe lms is mutations and dna damage so for any queries please to get in touch with me if you are not following the other subject podcast on apshe lms you definitely should